Pastor Xavier Reese and a miracle virgin birth taking place in the humblest of circumstances. Mary and Joseph found no room in the inn, notice. In this courtyard is where they were, where all the cargo, the animals. Mary laid him in a manger. The traditional manger scene is so nice and warm and comfortable, little wooden manger with some nice hay on it. But this is not accurate. This most likely was a stone feeding trough of an animal. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Creator of every plant, every animal, and every person could not find a welcoming place on earth. Today, Pastor Xavier wonders if there's any room for the same Creator-Savior in your heart. He'll be continuing a study series in the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2, for a Simple Truths message appropriately titled, the timely birth of the Savior. Let's listen. So Luke presents to us the prophetic birth of Jesus according to God's timetable, evident by three truths. First, the birth of the Savior was according to divine plan. Notice in verse 1, the person God used was Caesar Augustus, who ruled with a rod of iron. Now the entire world was to be registered, notice in verse 1, the phrase, all the world, indicates the whole Roman Empire. That's what the world was that day. The purpose, notice, was for all the people to be registered. The plan of God was to be fulfilled by a common tax census. Simple everyday stuff that Luke presents to us here, okay? The miraculous among the natural. Now notice verse 3, the decree required that Everyone go to his own city, the place of origin, of residence, where they were born. They would be registered there. Their family records would be much easier, whether it be census, pure census, or whether it be taxation for accuracy and to make sure you get all the money. The people of God that were in God's mind and he was interested in were Joseph and Mary. The Lord needed to get both of them down to the city of Bethlehem in Judea. They were presently in Nazareth, and uh, the city was around 90 to 100 miles, depending what route you take, from Bethlehem. And notice the man Joseph and Mary, they went out from Galilee because he was at the house in the lineage of David, it tells us there at the end of verse 4. Now, the prophet Malachi, as you know, prophesied about his birth in Bethlehem 700 years before. The plan was God's plan, not Augustus. The Proverbs and the scriptures are clear that God directs the kings of the earth like the rivers and the water of the rivers. And yet we know that he doesn't force people. We'll get to this point as we move along. Both Joseph and Mary were of the line of David. Luke has gone out of his way to make this point. They both were in the lineage, but she's the mother. Joseph's not the father, so it doesn't matter. But they both were the line of David. Notice verse 5, the journey to be registered was made when Mary was betrothed as wife and she was with a child. They were legally married, literally having been betrothed, and Mary is called his wife. Though Joseph did not know Mary sexually until after the birth of Jesus, Matthew makes this very clear in chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, okay? The birth of the Savior was according to divine plan. Notice, secondly, 
6 and 7. The birth of the Savior was according to divine purposes in 6 and 7 here. In verse 6, the purpose of God's plan was that the Savior of the world be born. God allowed her time to deliver to occur at this time. So it was that while they were there, not as they left Nazareth, not as they were on the road to Bethlehem, but after they arrived in Bethlehem, maybe a few days, right on time. God gave the promise 4,000 years earlier, right after the fall of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. A woman has no seed in herself. She has the egg. The man provides the seed. No man's involved in this. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now look at seven. The purpose of God's plan was brought about under difficult circumstances. Mary brought forth her firstborn son. The indication of firstborn indicated he belonged to God and was the priest of the home. If you go back to Exodus, we don't have time right now. The firstborn and the first of animals belonged to God. And then God later redeemed the firstborn for the Levites and the animals would be redeemed also, okay? Now notice Mary wrapped him in the swaddling cloth. Mary laid him in a manger. The traditional manger scene is so nice and warm and comfortable, a little wooden manger with some nice hay on it. But this is not accurate. This most likely was a stone trough, feeding trough of an animal. Now, Mary and Joseph found no room in the inn, notice. The word inn there is a guest room or lodging place, and it was with a common courtyard enclosed by four walls, and there was water in the center off to the side. In this courtyard is where they were, where all the cargo, the animals You have manure, you have all kinds of stuff. You've got dirt, you've got whatever it may be. This is the place where Jesus Christ was born. The purpose of God to have his son born of the most common and poorest person was that no one would ever be able to accuse God of not understanding what it is to be poor and under an oppressive government. He emptied himself of his glory, never his deity. He took on the form of a servant. And he became obedient to the death of the cross. In emptying himself of his glory, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, 2 Corinthians 5.21. The birth of the Savior was according to divine purposes. Notice 30, verse 8 through 20. The birth of the Savior was according to divine proclamation. In verse 8 and 9, the divine proclamation was to lowly shepherds. You talk about common, normal life here. The setting is given by Luke in verse 8. The location was near Bethlehem. Now they were in the same country, referring to the same region, the surrounding area. The activities of the shepherds are given. They were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And... Um, Now, shepherds didn't have the best reputation. Well, many of them were thieves. Interesting, Jesus was crucified between two thieves. I mean, God has gone out of his way to show us, man, that he is open to anybody to be saved, and he invites all. Oh, man. Notice in verse 9, the description of what took place is also given by Luke. First, he tells us who appeared to the shepherds. And behold, An angel of the Lord stood before them, 
angels appear in human forms many times through the scriptures, old and new. And the angel is probably Gabriel, though we're not told. It's Gabriel in chapter 1, and most likely here. Again, we're not certain, but he's an angel of good news. Big mouth. He can't be quiet. Second, he tells us that what the shepherds saw, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The word glory, doxa, means splendor, brightness, or magnificence. These are angelic beings. They're coming from heaven with a message from God. Great proclamation. This glory is associated with the Lord, kurios. At this point, there's no New Testament. They're making reference to kurios, to Yahweh of the Old Testament, God. Okay? Third notice, he tells us, how the shepherds responded, and they were greatly afraid. And you can imagine, if an angel appeared to you, you wouldn't say, hey, dude, how you doing? Even though they take human form, you, you freak out. Notice in verse 10 and 11, the divine proclamation was one of redemption for lost sinners. The angel declared the nature of the message. Don't miss it. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tithings of great joy, which will be to all people. Literally, stop being afraid. They perhaps thought God's judgment. He brought good tithings of great joy. Good tithings means good news, from which we get our word evangelized from. The present tense means it's progressive, ongoing. To this present day, the good news is preached. The imparting of this good news was very meaningful, will be to all people. The Greek has the article, the people of God, usually was indicative of the Jews alone, Israel, but now it encompasses Jew and Gentile, one in Christ Jesus. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17, quoting Habakkuk 2, 4. The angel declared the fulfillment of God's promise of a redeemer. Look at verse 11. That very day a special baby had been born. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. But not one like the Old Testament judged saviors, but a deliverer from the power and penalty of sin. The word savior, soter, means deliverer. And in Rome, the world Rome, it was given to the gods like Zeus and Jupiter and others. The savior here is Jesus, the deliverer as prophesied by Micah in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2. The title Savior appears only two times in Luke. Mary declared God to be her Savior in chapter 1, verse 47. And now this is the only reference in the synoptics. It's not in Matthew. It's not in Mark. Only in Luke. Only this one time. It's directly referred to Jesus, Savior. As you know, the title Savior of the world was given to Jesus, not in Jerusalem, not by the Jews, but in Samaria by a Samaritan woman. <laughs> Ironic. He came to his own, his own received him not. There's one coming in his own name, him you will receive, Jesus said, Antichrist. Daniel 9, 27. The identity of this Savior was given. 
who is Christ the Lord. The title Christ, Christos, the Greek translation, the Hebrew, for the promised Messiah, the anointed one. The second title, Lord, Kurios, means master. Now it's attributed to Jesus, the one to whom a person belongs to. He's the boss. He orders. He controls. He does that. But he never forces you. It must be willful submission. Listen carefully your theology. Think it through. You had a free will before you were saved. You have a free will after you're saved. You can still sin if you want. You have the potential. You have the capacity. You have a new nature and the old nature. The one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. The one you yield to is the one you're going to obey. And God has nothing to do with that. He'll enable you, but it's your choice. Isaiah declared, oh, that God would rent the heavens, tear them open, that you would come down, Isaiah 64.1. Here's the answer to Isaiah's prayer. He rent the heavens and came down. <laughs> now notice in verse 12 through 16, the divine proclamation was to be responded to by the shepherds. In 12, the angel described the condition of the child. The sign was on earth first. And this will be a sign to you. The child will be found in a particular manner. You will find this babe wrapped in the swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. Once again, the swaddling cloth, the square little cloth with the bandage and diagonally, wrap them up and tie them up. And then uh, in the manger, a stone trough, feeding trough of an animal. That would be quite a sign. And in verse 13, in the beginning of 14, the angels declared the contagious worship of God now. The sign was now in heaven. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. An innumerable army of angels giving praise and giving glory to God for the fulfillment of his promise of sending Messiah. You can imagine the angels seeing Jesus all the time. He's in heaven. All of a sudden, here's a ba- he's a baby. He's there laying in this trough, and there's, a, there's manure around. There's dirt around. There's, there's filth. There's everything. And he, he emptied himself for us. The benefit was for the earth. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. The peace was of the forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The Roman Pax Romana was temporary peace. It lasted for 30 years. Unlike the one Jesus would give and does give to repentant sinners, the peace is forever if we rest in him knowing he's the only one that can forgive us and make us new and transform our hearts. The goodwill means the good pleasure of God towards sinful humanity that would repent in faith through hearing the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ. It's God's pleasure that you repent. It's God's pleasure that I repent. But he won't force you to repent. The angels' departure Notice, follow the shepherds, search for the Messiah. In verse 15 then, they obeyed the message immediately. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
They knew it was a divine visitation, which the Lord has made known to us. This is not Caesar Augustus. This is God Almighty sending his angels. The confirmation of God's word was witnessed by the shepherds to be true. Look at 16. They first saw the man and the woman. They came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph. The law declared two witnesses, sometimes three, for serious matters. They next saw the Savior and the baby lying in the manger. What had they have been told? They were seen. It was put together. One, no contradiction. And then notice the divine proclamation was to be shared with others in verse 17 through 20. In 17, they believed in the Savior. They were first partakers seeing Jesus through and in faith by a personal relationship. Listen to the words. Now when they had seen him, what they heard, they saw. It became one. They could not keep the good news to themselves. They made widely known the sayings which was told them concerning this child. You don't pass on a lie. You don't go spread a lie if you don't believe it. You spread something you believe. Now, what you believe could be a lie, <laughs> but you don't spread a lie that you believe is a lie, okay? Look at 18. The people hearing the good news contemplated the good message or the gospel message here. Same thing, good message. They wondered about their decision regarding the content. And all those who heard it marvel at those things which were told them. God will use you to share the gospel with others. And they will assess what you're saying, just like when you heard the gospel. You were hearing it, taking those words in, trying to figure them out, understand them, accommodate them, and see if they make sense, and see if you could believe them. That happens all the time, every day. They wondered about the messengers. It says, by the shepherds. And so when you share and I share, especially people that knew you before, they've seen the transformation, they've seen the change. So as you're talking, they're listening, assessing, and trying to figure out how did, I knew this guy, I, I knew how he or she used to be. The mother of Jesus thought on all that had taken place, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Stop and think about it. The visitation of Gabriel, the visitation with Elizabeth, the visitation of Gabriel to Joseph, the visitation of the shepherds, all these things that Luke gives us. She has just been amassing the nine months of the pregnancy, everything else, and all of a sudden the birth of the child. Overwhelming. 14, 15, 16 years old. Then in 20, the shepherds were turned into different men. I love it. They worship God for their Savior, Jesus Christ. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. <laughs> they had witnessed God's word fulfilled for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. No contradiction, reliability, truth. You know, the proclamation of the Old Testament and the New Testament is that Jesus Christ came the first time. And that should serve as the absolute evidence 
that he will also come the second time. God can't lie. If he came the first time, fulfill over 300 prophecies, why would he not come the second time? God revealed the good news of salvation to the most common of all people, shepherds. Not the kings or even the religious men of Jerusalem, for they were not looking for him. The first beatitude says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 5, 3. This is the first beatitude, the foundational one for all the others that follow. The statement refers to those who see their own spiritual poverty, bankrupt as sinners in need of a savior, having nothing to come to God with, absolutely deserving hell, never deserving heaven. It's that acknowledgement that allows me audience with God. The good tithings of Christ must be responded to personally. This is the only way sinful man can obtain true peace on earth. Peace with God, repenting from our sins, being justified with God, Romans 5.1. The peace of God in our heart, depending and trusting Christ throughout our life, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Peace with God and the peace of God are both through the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We're saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. But I must believe. Do not believe the Calvinistic doctrine that you believe only because you were elected. You're the chosen frozen. The Bible teaches that because you believe, you become one of the elect. It's a choice. The good news is too good to contain. It must be shared with others. Have you had this privilege in the years that you've walked with God? Or or do you just come to church and make your faith in Christ a private matter and you don't talk with anybody? Well, then I have to doubt if you really have the real disease. (laughs) You got to have the measles in the month before you can give them. It's the way it is. Listen to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 20, verse 9. He says, um, I will not make mention of him, speaking about God, because Jeremiah is getting in trouble, persecuted, you know that. Nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart, like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Most men are waiting to retire when they reach their 60s. I just turned 64. I am more excited and passionate about preaching the gospel. Retire from what? I understand you work, you retire from work, that's fine, but not for me. God will retire me. How can you hold it back? It's a fire. How can you not share when people are perishing? How can you try to be so politically correct? Put the right label on, politically corrupt. You and I are ambassadors of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Are you representing your Lord properly? Are you speaking his words instead of yours? The birth of the Savior was according to divine proclamation. What an incredible record Luke has given us. He has presented the prophetic birth of Jesus according to God's timetable, evident by these three truths. The birth of the Savior was according to divine plan. Do you see it? The birth of the Savior was according to divine purposes. Do you understand this? The birth of the Savior was according to divine proclamation. Have you responded to it? If you haven't, 
today's the day. Tomorrow's promise to no one. Pastor Xavier Reese, wrapping up three simple truths surrounding the birth of Jesus, having a lifelong impact on those who chose to serve Him. Now, today's message titled, The Timely Birth of the Savior, is available on CD for only $4. And we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is, The Timely Birth of the Savior. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Coming up next time, Pastor Xavier Reese provides assurance that the gospel accounts are based in historical fact and not fanciful myth. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com